Second Kings 1.3 says, But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria, and say to them, Is it because there's no God in Israel that you are going to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? I am Bryce Beal, elder of Faith Bible Church. I've got with me, again, Mike Schaus. Hey. Thank you, Mike. Justin was going to be with us, but he had a flight. Dan is traveling, was traveling, so Mike is graciously here. I wanted to start today with a few scenarios. So here's one. You have a friend, a believer, a new mom, and she confides in you that she has been having horrible thoughts about her baby dying, and she cannot get these thoughts out of her head, and she asks you, what do I do? Here's another. You have a friend, again a believer, and this friend has secretly been cutting his arms with a razor in private to deal with the stress of college, and he confides this to you and wants to know if you can help. What do you do? Here's one more. You have a friend who's a believer, facing immense pressure at work and one day you're talking and he tells you he is seriously considered suicide what do you say so mike these are all matters of what we call today mental health Mm -hmm. and i would say the world's answer to what you do is pretty universally that you need professional help when things get this serious so that'd be maybe a psychiatrist who will then prescribe you some medication or some other kind of behavioral therapy or some way to deal with it. But it will usually be someone outside the church, not using a Bible. As I've been thinking about this topic, the Bible and mental health that we're going to talk about today, my wife, who is on Instagram, she sent me over a post that someone had given about mental health that basically had said, you need to do what you need to do to take care of your mental health. You need to rest. You need to chill. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. And I think she sent me that post because it sort of reflects a lot of posts, a lot of thinking, especially among younger people, that is obviously the importance of mental health. And people will talk about overwhelm. My wife says, especially among mothers of young children, and I can believe that and understand that as a father of young children, watching my wife deal with them, overwhelm. Some people will recommend you need to take a mental health day. Just before we started talking, you, you know, I'd asked you about your thoughts on mental health and where you see that today. Maybe you could give us a few of those, Mike. Yeah, you know, these three situations you mentioned in the intro there are all situations I personally know people who have gone through or are going through currently. You know, we live in a time period right now. Our culture is so anxious about so many things, you know, and, and there's reason, there's reason to be anxious. I mean, we live in a, we live in some crazy times and people just struggle a lot and you see a lot more of just people not knowing where to turn or just overwhelmed or just completely anxious. So there's really not a way for us to not think about mental health Mm. because it's everywhere. I'm sure most of us have given it some serious thought either for ourselves or for others So going back to the sort of universal answer that the world or those who do not know Christ will give, go find a professional and get medication. Some Christians fully agree with that and would say that's part of God's common grace. 
and so we should make full use of that. So any of those scenarios I gave at the beginning, they would say, I would recommend that the person go see a professional, maybe get on some medication to get through that. Then you have some Christians who, with all their heart, adamantly oppose that idea because that's what the world does. So we shouldn't seek uh, any sort of secular psychiatry. We shouldn't seek any kind of medication. It's not trusting the Lord. And then you have some other Christians who kind of agree and kind of disagree. It's a whole spectrum, really, of how we answer these questions of mental health. So the question that we're asking on this podcast right now, what do you do? What do you do when your friend brings these questions to you? That brings us to, really in this short podcast, the only thing we want to say about it. We're not going to answer every question about it. The main thing is this. Your knee-jerk reaction to any issue in life should be this, to Scripture. Meaning, go to Scripture. Honestly, Mike, you know when I'm counseling people and medication comes up, and it does, I don't really talk about it. Very rarely. I definitely don't counsel people to get off medication because that can get uh, dangerous. My interest is not primarily there. My interest is, first of all, that our people and ourselves, when it comes to any issue in life, including these serious issues, that our knee-jerk reaction not be get a professional outside the church and get medication. So I'm not forbidding that for all time as a law of God. What I'm saying is we shouldn't look like the world, and the world does that right away. If there's an issue, serious or not, then we need to go to Scripture first. Does that make sense to you, Mike? What are your thoughts? It does. You know, last week in this podcast, we were talking about thinking biblically, and I told you and I had to realize that I had become really inundated by the culture in my thinking, something I needed to repent of. And one of those things I was thinking about was just this idea of individualism and personal rights and all that, as opposed to the biblical you know, view of community and friendship. You know, thinking biblically is that, you know, being involved with someone close relationship. So I know what you're struggling with. I know that you're going through depression or I know that you're going through cutting yourself, whatever, because we have that close bond. I guess I never thought about how much we need our brothers and sisters or that Jesus, that last prayer in John 17, where he's like, pray that they are one as we are one, just that we need each other to lift each other up. And instead of like thinking that I need to just tackle this by going to this doctor or taking this medication, instead of relying on my group of close guys there that I'm with and helping me through this and praying with me or being there to show me some verses, you know, I just think of the encouragement I get from personally, I struggle with bouts of melancholy. And I got some good brothers that also struggle with that. And they know the time periods that I'm going through that. And I get like an encouraging text at just the right time. Like, Hey, I was praying for you this morning. I was thinking about how you're probably going through this. And here was a good verse that came to my mind and what an encouragement that is, but they wouldn't know that if we weren't close to each other. It's a good example where you are drawing something from scripture, the idea of the importance of community. Mm. And the reason that is an emphasis for you is not because you looked out in the world and some psychologists emphasize that, although some do, but it was because you went to Scripture. I think that's exactly the example we want to set. The reality is that secular psychology, by common grace, will, especially in the realm of observations, will make some correct observations. You get really smart people, even with fallen intellects, the noetic effect of sin. Sin has affected the mind very deeply. 
And so someone outside of Christ, who's a secular psychologist, doesn't know Christ, the way they think about everything will be affected. However, our doctrine of sin is, especially noetically in the mind, we're not saying that the mind has been utterly obliterated. I mean, I've got a smartphone over here, probably designed by unbelievers, and it works really well. Someone observed how these materials work and how the technology works and did it. Secular psychology, similarly, especially in observations of problems people have, will oftentimes or sometimes, I don't know how regularly, be correct. People are devoting their lives doing these studies. I think our concern is not so much, will secular psychology ever make correct observations? I think they will. It's more when it comes to the solutions or what do you do with the data that you've gathered? And what you're doing as a Christian is you're not reading article after article of secular psychology for its observations and solutions. You're going to scripture. And then to the world, that looks incredibly naive. But the reality is this, this is the word of God. It comes from God himself. It's immensely powerful, more than any observations in the world. That's the point of this passage here at the beginning, 2 Kings 1.3. You have Ahaziah, who's the king of Samaria, and he's fallen through a lattice. He's injured, doesn't know if he's going to live. He sends messengers not to the God of Israel, the true God, as he should, but he sends them off to Ekron, to the God of Ekron, to inquire what's going to happen. And as he's going there, Elijah meets him. God tells Elijah, arise, go up, meet these messengers, say to them, is it because there's no God in Israel that you're going to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? And that's heartbreaking. That's what we want to avoid when we're thinking about mental health. We're not denying any benefit of medication possibly. We're not denying there can be observations that are true. What we're saying is when we handle mental health no differently than our unbelieving neighbors, it dishonors God because they don't go to God for answers through his word. They just don't. We should. Is there a God speaking to us in the Bible? Yes. So we don't want to throw the Bible out, especially when things are getting really hard in people's lives. Another example is Joshua 9. The Gibeonites in verse 14, Gibeonites come to trick Israel. They pretend they're from far away. They even bring stale, nasty, hard bread and wear out their shoes and everything to pretend they're from far away. And the elders take some of the Gibeonites' provisions, but, quote, they did not ask counsel from the Lord. So they used common sense. The bread looks stale. It looks like they've been traveling a long time but it highlights they didn't ask counsel from the Lord. And then the other side of that example is in Acts 17 with the Bereans. They were noble more than the Thessalonian Jews, and they examined the scriptures daily. That's our concern with mental health, that we would have a high view of scripture when the rubber meets the road, that our knee-jerk reaction to issues in life would be, first, go to scripture. Someone asks you, they're struggling, first, I'm pointing them to scripture rather than a article out of secular psychology, even if there's truth in it, I'm first pointing people to scripture. That's the tenor of my thoughts. Otherwise, what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 47, what more are you doing than others? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? Mental health, very popular. Answers from secular psychology, very popular. The Gentiles, unbelievers are all about that. They have a specific way of handling it. But as Christians, scripture is sufficient for us. And that means we go first to scripture. It's an, it's an attitude that we have. In closing here, Mike, as we wrap up, someone may hear what we're saying and think, 
So you're just anti-science, anti-medication. You think you're so smart. You're above all of these scientists and brilliant people at Harvard and Yale and everywhere. The scientific consensus about mental health and chemical imbalances and how we handle those things. And you are arrogantly asserting, throwing all of that away and saying, no, 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 just us here with our Bible. And someone might even bring up examples where people have been really hurt with the sort of biblical counseling that ignores some of the complexities of mental health. How would you answer someone who's leveling that criticism? Hmm. Well, I think that has been some fair criticism in the past. You know, I do believe that Christian counseling is moving in a, in a good direction and is growing, you know, as anything, you know, we just learn and we grow. And I think it's unfair to, you know, lump all Christian counseling in together. What you've said is, is good. A Christian who has humility... I think that's a key thing. A Christian who has humility will not assume that we know everything about everything in the world. But a Christian who has confidence in the scriptures will believe that they know everything that the Bible reveals. The Bible doesn't reveal everything, doesn't tell us about exactly what's happening in the brain. But does the Bible have something to say about sadness, even very deep and serious sadness? Absolutely. Does the Bible have something to say about our temptation? to turn to substances, to cutting, to other harmful habits when we're struggling. Definitely the Bible has something to say about that. Does the Bible have something to say about morally, how we handle our own failures, how we interact with others if we're exploding in anger and so forth? Definitely the Bible has a lot to say about that. Again, key point here, it's not to bash on science. It's to emphasize and to have this attitude in ourselves that when any issue comes up, my first knee-jerk answer to that issue will not be identical to my unbelieving neighbors because I have a word from God and my life should reflect that. Thank you for listening again to Think This Way. I'm Bryce Beal, elder here at Faith Bible Church. I have with me Mike. We plan to release another podcast next week, Tuesday. And may God help us all in light of the scriptures to think this way.